Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 21 of the Good Buds Podcast, a show about the Toronto Maple Leafs, not weed, but weed is tight. My name is Joey Belfiore, and I'm here with Andrew Bascom. Andrew, what is going on? <laughs> oh, nothing. Nothing's going on at all, except it's a, it's a little bit of like the Happy Gilmer moment where you're like, oh, Happy learned how to putt. It's like, oh, God, did the Toronto Maple Leafs learn how to beat bad teams, too, along the way? So I, I'm feeling really good right now. Bad teams and then some pretty sweet well, teams. You, but have you ever worried about how they show up against good teams? You know what I mean? Like, No, yeah, you're right. You're right? right? Like, you, you see the Avalanche coming, you see the Golden Knights coming, you're like, oh, these are going to be good games. No matter what, even if we get our hearts ripped out, you're like, oh, they're going to be good games. The mm-hmm. game that I worry the most about was this week's game against the Coyotes. And they won 6-3. Boy, did they. <laughs> yeah, baby. The Leafs, a perfect road trip and yep. a seven-game win streak, the longest win streak in 20 years. Isn't that, that crazy? Is crazy I, to think about. When that came up, I was like, it's been 20 years since we won seven games. Like, it's not like, you know, we can make the jokes about the playoffs all we want, but the last couple of years, they've had very good regular season teams. It's shocking. Mm-hmm. It's been 20 years. I didn't think that was real. Mm. Uh, it didn't seem real. And then uh, what the franchise record is 10 games in 1993, which if I remember correctly, well, I mean, I was three years old, but if <laughs> I remember what I heard about this correctly, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was overshadowed by a guy named Joe Carter hitting a home run. Right. Yeah. I've heard of this guy. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Funny enough, when you just a little preview to the numbers game, when I asked Joey's numbers, we're going to be asking about that team from 20 years ago, uh, a couple of players from that team. So, oh, fun. Yes. I, I thought you were going to say, we're going to be asking about 1993. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to know. <laughs> 1993 Toronto Blue Jays, yeah. Uh, Yeah, Uh, but some good hockey this week. You know, games against the Golden Knights, games against Avalanche, it's always really exciting, and especially because we're winning. God, we're winning so much. Yeah, seven in a row, like we said. 33, 16, and 8, 74 points, third in the Atlantic, and uh, we're making up some ground. It seems like Florida's still still hot. We're not closing too much of a gap with Florida. I mean, a little bit, but not too much. Boston seems to be the one that we've closed – um, the big gap yeah, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. they are losing, but they are getting loser points. Yes. Um, I mean, at the beginning of the year when we were getting loser points, say. it was a big talking point. Uh, we've got eight of them and Boston's got 13, but no one wants to talk about it. No, no, no one wants no to talk about regulation wins anymore because we're, because we have them and people are disappointed in that. Yeah. I know with that being said, I'm probably not going to say anything about their loser points because, uh, because we were also like, Hey, points are good. You got to get points. So it's like, you know, good for them. Points are good, and that's why it makes me angry because, you know, you go on this streak and you're not really getting gaining too much ground, though we do have some games in hand mm-hmm. uh, with Boston, two games in hand. So if those magical games are two magical wins, then we're only three points back, and all of a sudden, yeah, the Atlantic is now a talking point again. What was, you know, just a few weeks ago, people calling this a wildcard team, yeah. people calling this team sellers. It's not their year. You know, uh, I think Toronto knows that this year isn't their year, yeah, so yeah. they're uh, they're not going to go for it at the deadline. Um, <laughs> should, bullshit, should Toronto Elliot be sellers? Freaking. Should Toronto really be buying? Like that really like coming down from the top just to tell you what you should be thinking? You're like, no, I, I this team, and I've always believed that this team, being as talented as it is, always has to be thinking about going for it. 
And this is just proving yeah. it on these last seven games. Like, you know, and also keep in mind too, if, uh, you know, I think it's five of the last seven have not involved Morgan Riley. And so him coming back mm-hmm. uh, is, you know, really, really uh, a nice test for the team. Yeah. I mean, you know, he even said he was nervous to come back because the team was rolling, but yeah. he slots back in, doesn't slot right back I into his, old, his original spot. Yes. His old, his old, uh, his old pairing. Yeah, uh, Brody with some uh, serious success on the left side, playing alongside Timmy Lilligren, uh, Riley and Brody were split up, uh, back together against the Avalanche for a little bit. Yeah, but a little bit. Uh, the lines in practice today that were released has Morgan Riley sliding with Simone Benoit. And this is interesting Ooh. because Simone Benoit, I mean, he's not Luke Shen, but... but- if you if you pick a player on the Leafs most yes. similar to what Luke Shen was last year, it's probably Simone Benoit. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, a physical, so interesting defensive player yeah. that is doesn't have a lot of offensive or puck handling skill. Yeah, yeah. and is there to erase humans? <laughs> yes, he's very good at laying skin on skin. Like he's incredible. Yeah. at big men slapping meat. So yeah, he's and, and and it's it's awesome to see that. The other one too, like you know, we'll we'll get into all these games here, but like Timmy Lilligren and Brody are the real benefactors to Morgan Riley being out. If, if you had to have some level of success with one of your best players being out, Lilligren getting more minutes has shown that he plays better the more he plays, which is kind of a dangerous, um, I don't know, high wire act to play because, God, he didn't play great with 14 minutes, but now he's playing great with 22 minutes. And you're like, oh, wow, I can't really explain that one. But Brody going back to his natural side has helped. And the two of them look pretty good together. I, th- I think they have more complementary skills than I had thought before that pairing happened. And Timothy Lilligren's day-to-day. So, uh, yeah, just released Timmy Lilligren mispractice today. He's day-to-day Can't up in the things. air for tomorrow against the Golden Knights or today, whenever you're listening to yep. this. Uh, so we'll see. Right now, Giordano's back at practice and Logason is slotting into Timmy Lilligren's spot. So with what we're seeing from the lines, it looks like we're going to see Brody with McCabe, which worked really nicely. Yep. Last yes. year. Um, and Riley with Benoit, which I think is kind of like a, all right, let's see what we have with Benoit and yeah. Riley before we go make a move at the trade deadline. I also think it's a, what are we going to do with Benoit? Because now that everybody's coming back, they're like, it is natural that you'd start looking at him getting either less minutes or some scratches every once in a while. And you start going like, well, what do we have here? And if we compare him with our best defenseman and they can cover up a lot of the, you know, like Benoit's a great player and he's really exciting, but he's not a perfect player by any means. And you can cover no. up all these mistakes. This would be like, oh God, this is a really attractive pair now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they play together. I yeah. think this is probably like an audition of some sorts mm-hmm. over the next couple games yeah. uh, with the trade deadline less than two weeks away now um, to see what the urgency is for that mysterious right-handed defenseman <laughs> that's going to come in and save all of our problems. We don't I, know who. I don't know. Yeah, we can talk about targets later, but it is funny when they talk about, well, they need a right-handed defenseman. And then even the professionals, the insiders, the gossipers, the, all that kind of stuff, can't come up with a single name. Like, who is it? And like, I don't know. We'll see. And you're like, you can't think of anybody? Like, well, does this person exist? Like, oh, it's it's uh, a little scary because when you pin your hopes to getting that guy and you're like, ah, that person might not exist. You're like, oh, cool. Yeah, it doesn't exist based on what we have to give. And, yeah. and if we are set on keeping that first round pick, then these guys that people are talking about, the Chris Tanevs, yep. probably aren't coming our way, which is fine. I don't think this is someone we need to 
acquire to go on this run. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there are other cheaper options that we will get into later that might fit our sure. team better and perhaps better for not just this year with Kristana being a guy who's on an expiring contract. Um, but some new lines, some yes. newfound depth. Uh, let's give Sheldon Keefe, Sheldy boy, some credit because <laughs> John Tavares goes down with an illness, yeah. day to day with a minor injury, comes back, and your second highest paid player, your captain, does not slot back into the top six, no. does not slot into power play one, and it's working. It's working because there is depth everywhere. It's more balanced. Mm -hmm. And and we have a guy like John Tavares playing on the third line yes. alongside two completely inexperienced players right now and Bobby McMahon and Nicholas Robertson. Yep. So does that help? Like, do you believe in Max Domi going up as a two line, a second line center? Like, what are your thoughts on seeing that? So the answers are no and yes. Uh, it's it's really exciting that the second line has some jump in it. It's, it I think we have often thought that Tavares's age and 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 regression i think are are amplified too much i don't it, people the way people talk about him he's got cement boots and he can't play hockey anymore i don't think either of those are really true it's true he's not one of the fastest players in the world i get that but he's also not like so noticeably slower that you're like jesus christ this guy oh my god we got to cut him by you know like i don't get that part of it but it is true that max domi is a faster player and is moving the puck up higher you know and they're get they're spreading out a lot farther with this lineup now, the thing that worries me is that that second line is now really bad defensive, like a very bad defensive line. Uh, and I that that's the part that scares me. While we're winning, it's great, and I love it, and it's exciting, and that's great. And I and the other benefit to this is Tavares playing on the third line with two right inexperienced players who are having an incredible stretch. And is that any coincidence right now that he's they're playing with an all world talent and that uh, Bobby McMahon and Nick Robertson look amazing? No, but. I do think the two of them will start to, the second and third lines will probably start to play kind of equal minutes a little bit because of this. I just think it's a little stretched out. It's the best version of what we're seeing right now. How about that? Yeah, that's a good way to put yeah. it. That's a good way to put it. I think, yeah, it's it's encouraging to see Domi and Bertuzzi playing like we thought they would play Absolutely. in September. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. we haven't seen it and we're finally seeing it. Yeah. And now everyone wants to extend them. And it's like, hold on Ugh. a second. Like, do we remember the first half of the season? Like, I, can we just see a full year with these guys to know who they actually are? Because, yeah, if you're going to argue and say the first half of the year wasn't who they were, then is this small two-week sample size who they, who they are? Because I'm not sure. I'm not convinced about that. Like, don't get me wrong. I am ecstatic that oh. Domi is putting – putting points on the board. Yes. I'm ecstatic yes. that Bertuzzi is finally scoring goals and looks like he's found a home in front of the net on the power, on yeah. power play one. Power play I'm one. ecstatic. Yeah. Yeah. But like, let's just, you know, simmer, <laughs> yeah, yeah. simmer for I, a second. I'm so glad to hear you say that because I feel the exact same way where it's like, see, it all worked out to plan. I'm like, it is almost March. Like you gotta, you could like, it would have been great if this was October and you're like, Hey, it was, couple, it was a rough couple of weeks, but we got there and it's all good. But no, mm -hmm. it's been a few rough months of trying to figure out where the hell these guys can play, giving them every opportunity. And now finally, because of injuries and, and, and desperation, we've moved them into the places they played and now they've been playing better. But like, I think everyone just needs to calm down. Like we can't, you can't sign these guys for what they're going to be asking for because they've had a good couple of weeks. That's not, that's not worth it. Now, if the playoffs come around bad and they're business. playing like this, oh, it is it's bad to pay out at the highest. This is like the shit they were talking about with Nylander, but people hate Nylander, so it's a little different. But it's like, oh, we're going to pay him at the top of his performance. And you're like, what are we doing? How is that not the same conversation with Bertuzzi and Domi? So I, I don't mm -hmm. get it. 
But yeah, you're right. Like the playoffs, we'll see what happens in the yeah. playoffs because like we said, these are the two guys who are supposed to be playoff <laughs> performers. We'll see. Yeah. yeah, with all their rings, you know, they're, they're just they're going to do a Pat Riley where they dump all the rings onto the table. Like, oh, no, they don't have any. Oh, no, no. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I hey, it's great. It's great to see them play well. And I'm glad they're getting the opportunity they are. And and if uh, Nylander also looks like he's got a lot of life in him right now. And I think that's just because he's working with a facilitator that can put passes in really good places. And Nylander's just Oh my God, he's so accurate with the shot. It's just unbelievable. Like even the goalie kind of looks down and goes, oh God, did that go in? <laughs> like it's so good. Yeah, that pass by Willie um, to Bertuzzi against Colorado oh, where he's yeah. been behind the net and he waits the perfect moment as soon as Georgiev turns his head, yeah. backhanded pass to Bertuzzi. Like that stuff is just slick. That's elite. That is elite it's hockey IQ right there. Yeah, it's it's Here's unbelievable. Bertuzzi, so like- a- birthday hat trick congratulations Bertuzzi I could have scored that goal I uh it, because <laughs> the goalie looking the wrong way is just an unbelievable you just never see that he's looking the Bertuzzi has the puck right in front of him he's looking the wrong way that's unbelievable so cool mm-hmm. so cool that's the respect that goalies have to give to William Nylander now. absolutely yeah because not only is a guy tailing him the goalie also has to keep his eyes on him like that yeah you're right that is exactly yep. it yep uh, some big news. Joe Wall is back with the big club. Yeah. He's just been called up I mean, he's practicing. He played with the Marlies, played great in his conditioning stint. So this kind of creates the whole question of what we do in the crease. Yeah. And do we carry three goalies? And if we have three goalies, how do we manage them? What would you do? Andrew. Yeah, uh, this is impossible. I, I, it's really tough. I think you have to, I, I, I'm more and more sure that you got to play, you only have the two goalies. I, I think, you know, everyone will say injuries and things like that, and injuries will always come up. But I think at this point, Martin Jones, there's a little bit of pixie dust that have, has come off of it a little bit. You have Joe Wall coming back, who's looked really good. And the, the thing about that Marley's game, too, is that not only did he only give up one goal with 30-plus shots attempted, the other team, which I think was Laval or something like that, had mm-hmm. had nine power plays. Nine power plays. Like, it's it's an unbelievable. So he looks he looks good. I also did love that uh, clearly the, the instructions were there, like, don't let anyone get near Joe Wall, because one guy came in the crease and, like, three Marleys pummeled him. <laughs> like, and you're like, all right, nice. Good job, guys. Um, so I, I think you have to go down to two. You have to start being more realistic about what the playoffs are going to look like and what this team and this roster is going to be like. And it's getting really tight with roster space. And a third goalie just feels like a luxury you can't afford. I'll, you go with that first. Then I'm going to go with what we do from there on out if you only have two. But would you carry Jones? Um, hmm. well, here's the thing. March 8th, the roster limit opens yeah. up. Yeah. But that doesn't do anything like the cap. Uh, the cap limit's still there, so yes. it's like you can carry a third goalie, but you still have to be under the cap. So that's an interesting. Yeah, it it depends on like what they're looking at going into you know this trade deadline yeah. and like who they're targeting to bring in. That's a good point. Um, it just worries me. Like Joe Wall has played what twenty six games in his NHL career. Yeah, very little. Very little. So. Mm-hmm. Everyone talking about, yeah, Joe Wall is back. Like, he's, we have a goalie now. Like, I don't buy that. I mean, I was very encouraged by the way Joe Wall played before he got injured. And I'm, I'm, I'm a big Joe Wall fan. But that being said, right. it's not like he comes back and he gets the net. Like, I think, yeah, I'm fine if they wave Martin Jones. I think he's gone if they do, which is, you know, unfortunate. But we know that it's, it's a competition between Samsonov and Joe Wall down the stretch. Right. And now you see, how both of them play and you start who's hot 
come playoff time. Like, yeah. I don't think I don't think anyone knows the answer right now. I think you're lying if you say you do. Of course. Uh, you can't say, oh, Sammy's been, you know, solid since he's been back from his conditioning scent. He's our starter. You can't say, oh, Joe Wall had the numbers before he got injured. He's our starter. Yeah. Um, both these goalies have had ups. Both these goalies have had severe downs. Yeah. And now we're going to get into, you know, the last 20 or so games of the season where you play them both. Yeah. And you see who's hot. And you ride yeah. your hot goalie. I, I agree with you. I just, I worry. Samsonov has played totally fine. I don't think we're like, you know, heads over head. Like, oh my God, I can't believe this magical run he's been on or anything like that. But he's played very, very serviceable, you know, goaltending mm-hmm. for what we've needed as evidenced by seven straight wins. But he did not respond very well when Wall was getting, splitting the starts with him. Like, he, I think, and I, I get that like goaltending is a lot of confidence and a lot of, a lot in your head. And if you just don't believe that you have that confidence when you're splitting this, splitting the starts or seeing maybe it's a T- Timothy Lilligren thing where you're not, you're not getting in the net as much. So you're just not playing as well. That is my only mm-hmm. worry with this. I don't think it stops you from playing Joe Wall because you have to, because he played so well, you know, uh, earlier in the season. He played, by the way, he played totally fine earlier in the season. This is another one where we painted this idea that he's like, well, he was unbelievable. We got it. What are you out of your mind? He's got it. Like, well, it's like, it wasn't Martin Berger, guys. Like he was, he was fine. And we were really excited by it. But mm-hmm. like, I just, I fear that we're like placing all the hopes right back onto him. So I think it's going to be a very interesting balance of who gets the starts and how they're going to do it going forward. Because, because I'm just saying, Samsonov didn't respond really well when it was 50-50 earlier in the season. Yeah, it's what worries me again, though, with mm-hmm. like two go- with with getting rid of Jones is just Wall's injury history. He has yes. not been healthy. Yep, he has not been durable throughout his career. Yep. And then what happens? You get rid of Jones, and if Wall goes down, then you're looking at Matt Murray. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, I'm, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yep. you are looking at Matt Murray, yeah, who's uh, in pads, who will be healthy by game. Yeah, who's in pads, taking seeing pucks. So, yep. I mean, obviously, you're not calling Matt Murray up before game one of the playoffs because you can't fit his four and a half million or whatever it is <laughs> yeah. on the cap. Uh, but, you know, if you decide to wave Jones and he gets claimed and then you run Wall and Sammy and something happens to one of them, you're looking at Matt Murray. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no, that, that's a, it's like you just think about the pros, you got to think about the cons. And that's that's definitely one of them. Like, I, I understand that, like. It's a luxury to have three goalies. I know it's an it's an understanding that in the future most teams will carry three goalies just because injuries are so prevalent or you know ups and downs. But like, oh, to expect us to carry three goalies with the with the cap the way it is is just it's really tight because you're already talking about when Yankrock comes back or mm-hmm. you know a few other players that like Gregor's probably going to go on waivers or you know like yeah these these are real decisions you got to make and I just don't know if a third goaltender is also. Like Gregor, totally fine. I think you can understand why he'd be waived. He's very talented, but he just he's very consistent. He also can't shoot. But uh, and so you just you go from there. But then what's the next line? What's the next one that's gonna hurt a little bit more? You know, it's oof, tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gregor's probably the guy who yeah. gets waived. Uh, I don't think you can send Robbie down at this point in time. He's just played too well. I yeah. mean, like when he's not, yeah, like. Again, he has played fine. He's not playing like extremely well, but he's playing good enough, I think, to stay up with the big club this time. So it's just one of those things where, yeah, when Yarncroc comes back, this will be interesting because he's still probably a little bit away. He's not practicing no, with, yeah. the, uh, with the club yet, but probably a couple weeks away, and then you have to kind of make that decision. Yeah. I guess the good thing is, is like when he does come back, the trade deadline will be over, so you kind of know what your limits are. Yes. Yes. Um, and then you can kind of act accordingly. But yeah, when Yarncroak comes back, and if you decide on carrying three goalies, then what? I guess you're waving Ryan Reeves. 
Yeah, which isn't going to do much. You know, he's still going to be a part of your cap because I'm yeah. just going to go on the wild assumption no one's taking him. So, uh, yeah. you know, he's still a good percentage of that. He's still against the cap even if he's sitting in the Marlies. Even though I imagine it'll be more like a Wayne Simmons thing. Like, I don't think he'll dress for the Marlies. I think he'll just be sitting in the box uh, getting ready. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But Although I, he has played pretty well. You know what? He's played <laughs> totally fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah like it's, Fourth it's, line's been great. Fourth line has totally been great. The third line's been great. Like it's all these things that you see about depth scoring, like outside of the core four, really outside the core four is depth scoring at this point. And so even when Bertuzzi scores, you're like, that's depth scoring for me. I don't care because we're yeah. not relying yeah. on my Marner, who, by the way, is white hot and uh, yeah. and uh, and everyone else. So I, I'm totally fine with that. And, you know, can we even talk about Bobby McMahon? Like, I know we don't even have that on the outline, but Bobby McMahon, the thing is about what you said, Nick Robertson, what I was just going to say is Nick Robertson's production you imagine to be sustainable. This might be the player he is, which is totally fine considering the minutes he's getting, that he might be on a 50-point pace a season or something like that. And you're like, yeah, based on the minutes, that makes total sense. Bobby McMahon is doing something so unsustainable, it's it's unbelievable. He's rivaling Austin Matthews with point production. It's just unbelievable what he's doing right now. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice little hot streak for Bobby McMahon. I don't expect this to uh, continue, but it's just nice. It's nice to see... Uh, a guy who got a chance, who was going to be scratched, and turns out he ends up playing that day and gets a hat trick, which is just nice. Yeah. It's nice to see. Yeah. I, um, I, yeah. Yeah, it is nice to see. Speaking of Mitch Marner, White Hot, let's, uh, let's get into <laughs> this is egregious. This is egregious! Yeah. Okay. This is egregious. Let's do it. This is egregious! All righty. As we all know, Leaf Nation is no stranger to exaggeration or overreaction. I do it all the time. Yep. However... This segment is to highlight how ridiculous the media and the fans can get. So, mm-hmm. Craig Button, uh, oh. <laughs> noted noted clickbait clown, yes, uh, yes. released his his uh, projected Olympic lineup for 2026. Oh, okay, I didn't see this. Did you see this? No, I didn't see this yet. Okay, so it gets worse. Uh, so, <laughs> Craig Button had Mitch Marner on the fourth line. Oh wow. Okay. Oh. Wow. That's For a Team choice. Canada. So yeah. ahead of him, I will give you Braden Point. Sure. Sure. Even though, you know, Mitch Marner's producing more than Braden Point is right now. I will give you Braden Point. Sure. He's a two-time cup winner. Yeah. He's an extremely talented elite player. I'll, I'll give you that. Sam Reinhardt is slotting in on line one right now. <laughs> wow. Okay. Is that, uh, like, do we not think that this season is a bit of an outlier for Sam Reinhart? Yeah. And not I, perhaps yeah. every other year he's been in the league? Okay. And then Travis Konechny is slotting in ahead of Mitch Marner on the third line. Oh. Who's wow. like 20 points back of yeah. of Mitch Marner right now. Yeah. Uh, Mitch Marner is clear, the, clear of all three of these players in points. He's producing and has produced in the past at a much higher clip than these players mm-hmm. and we're putting them on the fourth line and it gets worse Andrew oh it does then other clickbait clown Mark Mathot oh said yeah 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 about this lineup that he would replace Mitch Marner with Claude Giroux what? <laughs> yeah In 2026 yeah at yeah. the Olympics mm-hmm. Claude Giroux will be 38 years old yeah and we're gonna have him in over Top 10 NHL scorer, Mitch Marner, who's going to crack 100 points this year. Yeah. Give me a break. Yeah. Uh, All this shit is, 
is to piss us off, which it yes. has done. Yes. So I guess yes. good job. Congratulations. Uh, yes. Yes. Greasy ass haired Craig Button. Yep. You did your job. Go win yourself another can of moose. My goodness. Uh, <laughs> it's just so stupid because we get like, I feel like I get what you're doing. You're, you're doing this to upset Leaf fans because those are going to be the fans that give your stupid tweets engagement. Yep. And yeah, exactly. it's worked. But it, it, it just, it creates so much falseness, so much yep. like, so little authenticity to your yep. job and what you're saying. It, 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 it really, it's really egregious. It is egregious. I think that's a really good way of putting it. There's only one word for it and it's egregious. It's just, it's all hollow. It doesn't shock me that it seems like the Ottawa Senators and fans and media uh, jobs these days is just to be like a wrestling heel, just to like. Yeah, mm. but uh, and you're like you're second play, you're in the second worst team in the league. Like shut the hell up. Um, except we get to hear about how they're like next year lock for a playoffs. I'm like oh seventh straight. It's year starting again. Eh? Yeah, I know. They, <laughs> they've all been like oh Ottawa's playing well. I eh? wow. can't wait for this team to go on a like they might make the playoffs this year. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the second they stop, it stops mattering. They're like wow they they play pretty well once it stops mattering. Um, which, I, but by the way, it's still February, and they are so out of it, it's crazy. So it does drive me crazy. I know what they're doing. The fact that we're talking about it means, you know, they're winning. But it is just, Craig Button is just a big heel at this point. He just laughs, just like hates Toronto, and that's the way he goes. Mark thought I can almost understand more as a former player. I can understand that he's just like, yeah, fuck them. And you're like, okay, now what are you going to do, man? Craig, Craig Button is like the national guy on TSN that pops in to go like, good trade, bad trade. Here are good prospects. By the way, if you ever want to just lose all respect for Craig Button, look up some of the trade history he's made as a general manager, and you go, I can't believe people, he talks for a living. People like respect his opinion. He is he has given up some of the worst trades in this. Uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. So yes, egregious. I hate those guys. Uh, <laughs> okay, my egregious is going to be. It was a nice reminder uh, when we played Colorado of that Toronto doesn't get any calls. And now you've heard me in the past say, "Well, don't you don't like complaining about the refs?" And I said, "No, I do not." And this is not specifically about the refs, but I think it's just a systematic thing where Colorado is a tough nosed team. They're all power forwards. They play really well, uh, and so therefore they draw a lot of penalties the NHL has a problem where talented players don't draw penalties. And you could even go to players that like Connor McDavid and, you know, all these talented players that are really fast, slowing them down doesn't always draw penalties. And that's the really annoying part. And so as a reminded in Colorado that this is the number of power play opportunities this season. Colorado has 213 this season and Toronto has 163. That is 50 more in 58 games. That is almost a power play a game that Colorado has that Toronto doesn't. And so it's just one of those things where it's like, it really doesn't matter. God, I don't like complaining about it, but a power play, a game with especially the second best power play in the league, that would, that would make a huge difference. And so I find this to be very annoying and outright egregious. Yeah. Like that's, those are some pretty far apart numbers. Oh yeah. Like I get Colorado, by the way, is first in the league. So like, this is the benchmark, but why would Toronto be that far back? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. not like, yeah, yeah, that's insane, man. That's insane. <laughs> it's egregious. I don't even know what else to say. That's insane. <laughs> uh-huh. One one more game. Oof, Jesus. Jesus <sighs> fucking Christ. Yeah, I know. How about oh that? Oh, my God. All right, before I get too mad, let's keep going. <laughs> Next up, the Golden Knights are in town. Hey, We're home for a bit. Yeah. So Vegas is back. Then we see the Coyotes. Uh-oh. Then we see the Rangers. Then we see the Bruins. This is uh, shaping up to be a fun week of teams. Yeah. Um, and you look at that, and my first thought is, okay, give Joe Wall the first game against the Coyotes. Yes. Don't put him in against the Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. Don't throw him to the dogs like that. Uh, the Coyotes, I think that's your perfect 
Joe Wall's first game in months. Yeah. Team. Yeah. 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 Um, because, yeah, what are you going to do? Throw him in against the Rangers or the Bruins? I just don't think you're doing him or us any favors. Um, who knows what Keith will, Keith will do? And, you know, he might do something different and it might work out. Yeah, like, maybe. What, last week when I said, why would you start Sammy against? Yes. Uh, you know, why wouldn't you start Sammy against the Golden Knights? And instead he started Martin Jones against the Golden Knights and it worked out. So it worked out. what do I know? Yeah. But yeah. an exciting week of games on tap and uh, some deadline talk. So yeah. if we're going to talk about some, you know, some other articles and, and whatnot, uh, the score has one up right now from Kayla Douglas that uh, says each cup contenders dream fit or some shit like that. Okay. And uh, they leave out Winnipeg and Vancouver because they've already made their moves. Right. Right, right. That makes sense. And they leave out the Leafs because hmm. apparently we're not cup contenders. Sure. Oh, but then they include Edmonton. Edmonton. <laughs> we have a better record. Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're ahead of both of those teams in the standings. Yeah. I know. I mean, yeah, I get Vegas won it last year, so you can throw them in there, even though sure. we're ahead of them in the standings too. But Edmonton, really? Like, everyone's just got such a fucking hard on for Connor McDavid. It's insane. Um, <laughs> Give credit where credit is due. And after a team has gone on a seven-game win streak to put them into the top 10 in NHL standings in March or just around the corner from March, they yeah. are a cup contender. Absolutely. I just don't I, – I don't get it. Like, I understand that the East and the West are very different. And based on the fact that we've played some West teams and kicked the crap out of them recently, I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, this would be great. I wish we played the West more often. This is so much fun. Uh, I get the idea that Edmonton probably has a better chance coming out of the West than a team in a, in a similar situation in the East. If you just took a blind item type thing, if you took the names away, I get I get that that is a possibility. But the problem is Toronto could be playing above their head right now. And so, uh, excuse me, could be playing better. So uh, I don't understand uh, ruling them out unless you're Craig Button. So, uh, yeah, I, I it's uh, it's a little silly, but this this deadline is going to be very interesting because I also heard the argument right before we get into start naming some players, just two guys naming dudes is uh, is the. Players getting healthy is the 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 realignment of our lineup. Is the goalies coming back? Is this our trade deadline? Is the guys that we already had under contract, Bertuzzi and Domi, starting to play to their to their value? Is this our trade deadline? And we don't actually acquire anybody, but we acquire the players we thought we had from the beginning of the season. I think part of it for sure. I think yeah. you know, yeah, like Yarncroft coming back, Wall sure. coming back. Uh, like you said, Bertuzzi and Domi playing up to what they should be playing like. Um, mm -hmm. Brody's finally got his game back. Yeah, these Gio's are, these back, are yeah. little, yeah. yeah, these are little like trade deadline acquisitions that aren't really acquisitions. Um, that being said, I do think something's coming this way. Right. I don't think we're just going to completely stamp pat, whether it's, you know, a depth forward, a third, fourth line center type, uh, you know, that right-handed D that we're all you know, wondering. Fantasizing. Be. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, Kayla Douglas mar uh, married Chris Tanev to the Edmonton Oilers. So yeah, I totally <laughs> think that Craig Conroy is going to trade Chris Tanev to the Edmonton Oilers. The Edmonton Oilers, yeah. Doesn't uh, make any flame. fucking sense. Yeah. Doesn't make any fucking sense. No. Um, so here's my thing. Here are the, here are the, the main names we've heard sure. and who would you like? So you got okay. Chris Tanev, yeah. who's a pending unrestricted free agent, $4.5 million cap hit. You got Sean Walker, Pending unrestricted free agent, $2.65 million cap hit. Right. Adam Larson has got mm -hmm. one year left on his deal at $4 million. And Matt Dumba, pending unrestricted free agent at $3.9 million. Do any of those names jump out at you? Um, and do they seem like they are the type of names that can come in without having to give up what 
like give up a guy like Easton Cowan or a, or a first round pick. Yeah, a Fraser Mitten. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's really those two guys and a first round pick. Those are the those are the echelon of top tier things that we could give up, and then everything after that. Everything mm-hmm. after that, I am totally okay giving up. Like I, mm-hmm. I really don't. I really don't care if we give up. I don't know. Abrazizi and Amela, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't really care about that. And I think what we're talking about with all these players, possibly outside of Sean Walker, because Philly seems to have like this real stranglehold on that guy, and it also seems like he's going back to Philly no matter what. Uh, that seems to be what they're just talking about. So it, it is a pure rental. Whereas Chris Tanev uh, and even Matt Dumba, they've talked about in the offseason possibly wanting to resign these guys. I want to eliminate Matt Dumba off the top. I don't want Matt Dumba. His numbers have plummeted. Like, absolutely plummeted. Every advanced analytics, and now I will say, he's playing top pair minutes, so that's not easy. Uh, But his offensive numbers are just brutal, and we cannot go into the playoffs again with good defensive play and not scoring any goals because, like, do I need to remind everyone, like Groundhog Day, it is not defensive play that has gotten us in trouble. It is not even goaltending, even though, yes, there is some, like, real real lowlights. It is that we just stop scoring goals. We score 1.6 goals per game or something like that, and that's just not going to win you games. You're not the New Jersey Devils from the, from the 90s. Like, you're not, you have to be able to score goals. And so acquiring a player that is just purely defensive or purely physical is something we've done in the past, and I think we got to try something a little different. So Matt Dumba scares the hell out of me. Sean Walker would be the one that I would like because not only is the number really good, uh, I think you could acquire him and he's, he's a pretty all-around good player. Chris Tanev seems like the most likely and that is also the one because it's just been talked about for absolutely forever. And uh, and I also think you can get him for not a first-rounder because if, you, we, if, if all it took was a first-rounder, he'd probably be a Toronto Maple Leaf at this point. I just don't think the Leafs are giving up that. So I think that, that asking price will come down. What do you think? So... If yeah, if you get Chris Tanev without giving up a first rounder yeah. and one of Minton or Cowan, then he's he's my target. Okay. If you can somehow work that where yeah. you get Chris Tanev and you're not giving up the future, then he's my tan he's my tar- he's my Tanev. He's your Tanev. He's my, t- he's my Tanev. <laughs> um Sean Walker, I just don't think Philly's gonna deal. They're in a, okay. they're in the playoff yeah. spot right now. Like That's I just, true. I would like a guy like Sean Walker. I just don't think Philly's would deal him like they they are firmly in a playoff spot right now like Mm -hmm. the east is kind of like there's a huge gap between that eight between the eighth seed and the ninth seed right like a huge gap after after uh tampa and detroit like then there's a big fallout before you get to to new jersey so i think philly is kind of like okay let's see what we have let's see if we can go on a magical run here I like Adam Larson, and I do like Matt Dumba. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I wanted Matt Dumba in the summer. I was hoping, and I know Brad Tree Living tre- checked in on him, so I was hoping we'd get someone yeah. like Matt Dumba. I think he throws his body around. He does. He's very physical, and he I is. think he would fit well. Again, he would fit with a player like Morgan Riley. Um, yeah. Because Mr. Pinchy McGee, Morgan Riley likes to, <laughs> you know, pinch, and I think Matt Dumba can, you know, take the body and provide that defensive physical structure that mm-hmm. we would need that being said i think you need salary retained in a matt dumba deal yes yes um that's why walker's 2.65 jumps out right but yeah it's just it all depends on what uh what a team's willing to accept and and, and if you're gonna get matt dumba at like 50 percent retained i'm totally into that um adam larson it's a big boy i'd love to get a guy like that it yep. just depends on is seattle calling it quits on their year as well, right? Like right, they've right. got a lot of players that you could acquire like a like a Venberg, but yep. are they are they calling it quits? Are they throwing in the towel? This is interesting, right? Cuz now Calgary's hot. Like yes. Calgary's getting hot too. So we're getting into this like, you know, 
this time, two weeks before the trade deadline, where teams are starting to go on runs, and maybe they're going to be second guessing whether they want to sell or not. Like Nashville, like our Nashville, we yeah. have heard them selling, but they're in a playoff spot right now. Like are the, like it just who the fuck knows what GMs want to do and say like okay maybe we can get in as an eight seed and run. Yes, which is a totally reasonable thing in yeah. the NHL. That happens all the time. So it's it's not like this horrible thing like they were talking about in the NBA where like if you're six to eighth. You're in, you know, like no man's land. You're like, you're never going to win the title and you're also not getting a draft spot. Hockey's not like that. You can absolutely no. go on a runs here. So I, I agree with you. These are all defensemen, by the way, too. So who are we taking out right now? Because, you know, like, it's not like they're not playing Jordan. badly. Yeah, Jordan's not even playing right now, you know. But yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I just, yeah. Like, I think my ideal playoff lineup would be something like Brody with Lilligren. McCabe and Benoit and Riley yeah. with this mystical mystery creature. player. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, they just announced too, because of Lilligren being out, uh, the, the pairings were McCabe and Brody, which is very interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, that's right. That's a very interesting, uh, I don't know. They played in the playoffs together last year. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And Jake McCabe, by the way, too, just like what an absolute steal. If we could get something like that again, where retention and he's getting paid $2 million, he's getting paid $2 million again next year. Like it's just what a crazy deal that was. Um, so yeah, I, it's it's going to be an interesting. It seems to be. I don't believe the forward thing. By the way, I don't think we're going to acquire a forward. I just don't. I don't really understand where that would go. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I don't think you're going to get anyone of real consequence that we don't have on the roster right now. Uh, so I I don't know. I just don't believe that. So I think you're right with the defenseman. Yeah, I just I think defenseman's your priority, and then yeah, like yeah, like again. ideally you get someone like Adam Henrique or something. But how do you even fit a guy like Adam Henrique into your roster? With with his cap hit, yeah. I just don't know how you make that work without like serious cash going the other way. Yeah, like so you, there's a lot of retentions and things like that that we've been talking about, and everyone has a dream of bringing Kadri home, but like it's just yeah, it's, not gonna happen. <laughs> he made seven five million dollars for, yeah. for like the next five years. Like when is that? Yeah. You know, I I love dreaming too. You know, but you know what are you gonna do? <laughs> oh my god, I know. Yeah, so Cal- the Calgary Flames are just gonna gift you seventy five percent retention on Nazem Kadri's <laughs> salary for the next five fucking years. It's just yeah. N- like, let's live in the real world, people. Jesus. Yeah. Do you want to win or just want to get what you want? Like, you know, yeah. I just, yeah, it drives me crazy. All right. It's time for the numbers game. A game where I put Joey in the spot to see if he can remember Lisa Maris pass and the numbers that they wore. Joey is currently 40 for 42, but each player he gets wrong between now and the end of the regular season, Joey will donate $10 to the You Can Play Project, a foundation working to ensure the safety and inclusion for all who participate in sports. Joey, are you ready to go? I'm ready to rock. Okay. 20 years ago is a 2004-2005 roster. Uh, it was a very good roster, which I found very interesting is that if you want to look it up afterwards, afterwards, after you looked at the numbers, uh, you a lot of negative, plus minus negative players, even though this game won, uh, this team won 10 more games than they lost. Uh, most, 75% of the roster was in the negative, which I just found unbelievable. Um, so we're going to start with a player that only played 33 games this season. Not a lot of, Ooh. not a lot of games, but I think you're going to get it. He's from London, Ontario, and his name is Eric Lindros. Oh, well, I know, I know, I know. So easy. <laughs> so easy. 33 games that season. Joey, what number did he wear? So when Willie wanted to change to number 88, <laughs> yes. people were up in arms because Eric Lindros, who only played 33 games for yes. the Toronto Maple Leafs, wore number 88. And mm-hmm. people were like, how could Willie? My goodness. Disrespect. Willie's a better Leaf than Eric Lindros ever was. 88. Famous Ranger Eric Lindros. Yeah. I have, a, I have a Leafs Lindros jersey. That's oh, do you really? embarrassing. I do. <laughs> I do. He's a very good player. Should have been, been one of the best ever. 
okay, so if you got the one with 33 uh, games played, you should absolutely get the one that's 79 games played. He played the whole season. And he's from Cornwall, Ontario. His name is Chad Kilger. I got it. You do? Oh, yeah, I, I thought I for it? sure I had. Yeah, you can say it. 18. 18. Let me double check because I realized I wrote down 79 games played in Cornwall, Ontario, but I didn't write down his number. <laughs> so give me one <laughs> second. The only information. Chad Kilger, Toronto Maple Leafs. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it- Chad Kilger scored the first goal against Ottawa in game seven of the playoffs that year, uh, which was an eventual 3 nothing win. Joe Noon yeah. getting the other two goals. And Chad Kilger scored. As I was getting to my seat, I was in the building. I was walking oh, wow. to my seat and he scored and just everyone went nuts. I was 13 years old. Number Chad 18. Kilger was number 18. Congratulations. Wow. Unbelievable. I thought for sure I had you with that one. Okay. That's why I gave you such a layup in the first one. Wow. Another two for two for Joey Belfiore. Very Wee. good. All righty. Some NHL news. Uh, Patrick Kane returned to Chicago. Oh, yeah. Uh, on Chris Chelios's jersey retirement ceremony, and that was kind of like the stuff of uh, script writing there. Chris Chelios gets yeah. his jersey hung up, says that Patrick Kane is the best American-born player ever, yeah. and not to steal his thunder tonight. And then Patrick Kane gets the overtime winner in his first game back in Chicago. Um, do you and agree Patrick. with Chris Chelios? Um, is he the best American player of all time? Uh, yeah. For now. You know, I, I think there's a, another American hockey player that's playing right now that is breaking a lot of records. And I, I think that when that will all be said and done, I think Austin Matthews probably will be the best just because the points will be a little overwhelming. Kane, is, Kane will have the titles, uh, <laughs> knock on wood, uh, that we could beat that one too. But I think Austin Matthews is just more talented. He is the 2.0 version of Patrick Kane. Like there's there's a lot of similarities you can see, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, it also, it's a little bit of a bummer that Austin Matthews, like I grew up uh, watching up Patrick Kane. You're like, oh, but you also found out Easton Cowan grew up, grew up watching Mitch Marner. That Mitch came out Marner, this week. Yeah, and you're I like, oh, oh, my yeah. head. <laughs> oh, that hurts. Yeah, oh he was 11 when Mitch Marner started with the Leafs. So that's why. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be Austin Matthews. But yes, right now, sure, sure. Why not? What do you think? The name that comes to mind for me is Mike Medano. Yeah, okay, sure. I guess that's just like our generation of when we were kids and, and he was the best American. Um, yeah. So that's who comes to mind. Obviously, Patrick Kane, three titles to Mike Medano's one. So he probably gets it. I think you have to say Patrick Kane at this point in time. And I think sure. you're hoping that it's Austin Matthews, but I don't think Austin Matthews gets that title unless he gets a ring of his own, which yeah. we all love. We would all love. I I don't know. You can I don't know who who else would we say? Brian Leach, you know, like uh, Tony Amani. Tony Amani, yeah. <laughs> Brett Hull, you know, Brett, Brett Hull's Hull, American. Yeah. Uh, Wasn't he born in Canada though? Yeah, but a few of them he, were. It's like Keith Kachuk too, like you know. But yeah, um, you know, all these players okay. of sons of players. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah, Canadian Bobby. By, they are Belleville, right? The Hulls yes, were from Belleville, yes. but then I think his mom was American, so he wanted to play for his mom. Yeah. Or something. And also it used to be that like I had a better chance of making the American team. So I'm just going to go as American. True. And now, yes. now it's yeah. not, I don't know. I wish a couple of goalies would turn to be Canadian. Well, I mean um, with Mitch Marner on the Ford line. That's <laughs> Craig. Uh, yeah. You should yeah. go American, man. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, probably. I love the script thing. The, the overtime winner, a famous Blackhawk and Red Wing, a famous Blackhawk and Red Wing. Uh, yeah. It's you know, pretty kinda, cool. 
It works. It works out. I do love that this is like such Canadian nonsense where his, the speech is like, oh, that, that that ceremony was beautiful. Just a beautiful ceremony. You're like, oh, God, that drives me crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a pretty cool storybook ending. And, uh, and Patrick Kane, by the way, just, he's playing well. He's playing well for a Red Wings team yeah. that is holding on Detroit's right now. Detroit's playing well. Yep. Yeah, they, yep. they are keeping pace with us right now. They are still just, you know, a few points back of us. And that's why it, without this super hot streak, like you wonder yeah, things, right? yeah, like the, things the could have really dropped out here. Tampa. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Which, talking about uh, dropping out right now, Tampa. Oof. Uh, not playing well. Uh, yeah, the, the other one I wanted to talk about was uh, Mark Stone. He got a ruptured spleen. He's going to be out uh, until I'm going to guess game one of the playoffs. And yep. I just, the LTIR thing, hey, we're trying to make police fans. We're not going to say shit right now. But they need to figure this out because I have no doubt he ruptured his spleen. I have no doubt that is a disgusting and horrible injury that hurts a lot. Is it also incredible that the timing is going to work out that he's going to play game one of the playoffs? Yeah, that's isn't that something? How about that? Because Jack Eichel on the exact same timeline, and there's going to be almost $20 million of cap space that comes back for just the playoffs. Again. Again. Two years in a row. Again. They're taking the Tampa Bay strategy. Oh, Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, if, if, if it's part of the rule book, right, then I guess I, yeah. use it. Use yeah, what you can. You ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I, I totally get the idea that, like, but and and what I'll say is like people will be like, oh, Toronto Maple Leafs are using the abusing the LTIR. It's like, well, that's true, but it's not like I'm like, man, I hope John Klimber could come back for game yeah. one of that playoffs. Holy shit, wouldn't it be great if Matt Murray was on the? Oh yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, the other one I have written down here is Matt Rempe, the the New York Rangers uh, local giant that has uh, been yeah. suiting up for the team, has now a fight every game in the first five games of his career. And the last one did not go very well. And I'm just saying he is speed running a CTE course right now. And they need to like guard this man. Like he can't help it for himself, which I totally respect. And I'm glad he's stepping up for his teammates. But I, I, and it's I nice didn't to see, see the last one. Was that the Columbus Blue Jackets one? Oh, it was the Philly one. Uh, oh, that was a few games ago. That, oh, that, that was fight few. was a heavyweight tilt. I, okay. I was watching that fight on my laptop and I dropped my laptop because I got scared. I almost yeah. spilt my coffee. Like when, when, um, who was it? Who's I forget fighting? his name. Yeah. I don't know. I can find it. Here, Whoever yeah. on Philly, another heavyweight that he's fighting, like takes, if you see, he's like, I can't take these punches to the head anymore. Yeah. He covers Rempe's jersey with his or face with his jersey and then puts his hand on his thigh and pulls him out so he can tackle him to the ground and i was like oh my god this guy's head's gonna smack on the ice and i i dropped my laptop like a concerned mother i was like no matthew um so yeah i mean jesus christ the guy is like it's like he's challenging everyone in pregame you see him like talking to all these guys he's fighting in pregame so it's interesting man i mean you love to see heavyweight tilts again but yeah a lot of fights in a short amount of time is concerning I, for one's health. The first one you saw, you're like, sweet. This is great. I like this because he's a big guy. He knows his job and this is great. That and was then the outdoor now, game, right? Yeah. That was the outdoor game. Yeah. And then and then now with this amount of consistent, you're like, this is not good. This is not a good thing anymore. And uh, Yeah, for it's such like, a young kid. I know, right? Because you saw that fight and then you saw the, I forget what his name is, but the Washington guy that fought Nick Cousins finally and someone, you know, cracked. Finally. Nick, oh, it was Nick Anthony Cousins Mantha. Head. Anthony Mantha, thank you very much. Who never? Who's a big boy who never plays big? So I was no. so shocked by that. I and was like, beat "Wow, the living hell out of him!" <laughs> yeah, th- thank yeah. you, thank yes. you. Finally, someone stood up to Nick Cousins, which is just thank God. Uh, and I was like, "Great, this is kind of hey, old school hockey. This is happening." And now the ramping thing, I just, I, it's a little worrisome. So I would just hope that the front office is like, "Really great, love you. You're doing great. Please don't fight this game. Like, just you know, take a skate around. You know, yeah. play your six minutes and just be happy." 
Yeah, fighting if you have to is one thing. Fighting yeah. just to fight is another thing. Totally. Standing up for your teammates, all that kind of stuff. I totally get that. Yep. That's great. You know, I also will say Ryan Reeves, you know, no one touches the Leafs because Ryan Reeves is on the ice. Uh, it took uh, Reppy <laughs> five games to get as many fights as uh, Reeves did all season. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So that was the only thing is just because it's a great highlight, but it's uh, slightly worrisome. It is worrisome. All right. Well, that is all the time we have for today. But if you've made it this far, we appreciate the hell out of all you good buds. Let's hope we keep this thing going. We're going streaking. Thank you so much for listening. Go Leafs go. Go Leafs go. When you're back down in Mexico, I hope you feel better like you wanted to then. I know we haven't talked. No, we haven't talked in a while, but my hands have missed the feel of your cold black hair. Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!